Hey guys, welcome to the Babbling Pastor Podcast. My name is Michael. And I'm Rob. Stay with us as we talk about church, theology, culture, and everything in between. Hey guys, welcome back to the Babbling Pastor Podcast. The smooth sounds of jazz with your host, Michael. Uh, this is why not many of us should become teachers right here. This is why. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> we are in agreement, brother. Uh, yeah, I still don't know why I'm allowed to preach even once a month. So um, here we go. Today we are we've we've moved out. It's only taken us a month and a half. We've uh, went through uh, James chapter one and two, and we are into James chapter three. Uh, and today we are going to cover one of the verses that Rob just referenced, uh, <laughs> chapter three, verse one. So, well, I get, let's put it this way: we'll read it, and then um, we'll kind of go through it because he he is seeming to shift gears a bit here uh, in, in, in regards to thought, but also in relation to what he's, he's already talked about as far as faith and works working together, how that works out. So I'll, I'll read real quick and then we'll, uh, we'll get into, let me read some, just a short little bit of verses, one through six, <laughs> not a lot, not an overwhelming amount, very manageable. Yeah. Some would say Perfect. minute even. Um, yeah. So one through six. Um, <laughs> One or two more, it'd be too much. It would, I I mean, eight verses. Wow. (laughs) Okay. So, uh, James chapter three, verse one, not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness for we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man able to also bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. Um, oh, we'll stop there. It's actually one through five. If I go to... Well, yeah, we'll stop at 5A and then we'll pick up at 5B next week because the kind of the, the thought's a little different. So, or he goes into another example. <clears throat> so, wow for preachers, like for any of us that teach, maybe chapter three, verse one should be a bit of a hit <laughs> in the face. <laughs> maybe a little, perhaps. Well, I think, I mean, this this is one of those, I mean, so maybe if you're like... Um, an average churchgoer, or especially if you're like someone who's skeptical of the whole Christian thing or whatever, um, you might hear it sometimes a pastor or preacher or teacher get up um, or talk about how uh, it's it's a weighty thing to preach or teach, how it's it actually weighs on them. Um, and, and you might hear in that actual like Oh, you're so special and prideful and that's, that's great. We get it. You're really smart and whatever else, right? Like you, you might, but, but there's actually a lot of truth to that because of teaching like this (laughs) in scripture, um, because this is the, the word of God. Um, and because, uh, if, if you're studying it, 
to teach others what it says and means, uh, that should be weighty. You should be right? very careful about what you say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, because here it's very plain in the sense that we're, we're going to be judged. At, like I'm going to be judged as a preacher for what I preach Sunday morning. And if, and, and if it's wrong or wrong headed or prideful or, or the words are right, but my heart is prideful and I say it. And I mean, it, all of this, right? All of this, it, we're, we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. That is, that should be a scary thing. Yeah. Well, it should be terrifying. And to, in context, before I kind of get into like anything else, I think, so there, there's, I think you can get up to this point in James and see that with a lot of the letters that are written to the churches, there's always a reason they're written. Um, and so we already see, we've already seen through, through one, all the way through chapter two, that there's this real working out of like, okay, well, what is faith? What is works? What does it look like? How am I supposed to treat people, um, when we meet them outside or inside the church and the whole working out of that. And a lot of that comes from, um, the elders that are leading the church. I mean, these people are being taught by someone. It's not like they're just there you know, throwing stuff at the wall, see what sticks. I mean, there's somebody there that's teaching them. And I think this within kind of the issues that we've seen James try to correct and point them toward Christ in, there does seem to be this little underlying idea here that, Hey guys, if you're teaching, just know not many of you should become those teachers because you're going to be judged a lot stricter. Um, so within the immediate context, I think he's kind of throwing out a warning here, being like, hey, you check yourself a little bit. This isn't just, this is, this is not a non-weighty matter. This is not you just going and farming and, you know, putting a fence post in the ground and maybe it's right, maybe it's not. Like, this is important. And I think in the more modern context, and just for those that do preach, there's this idea of like, you you need to understand what you say affects the people you're talking to. And mm -hmm. they are probably, and I mean, in a lot of the sermon reviews I do, you can tell the people that are listening are just, they're, they're taking whatever that pastor says is gospel. I mean, mm -hmm. some of them, unfortunately, don't even have Bibles open. They're just like, yes, you say things. I believe those things. And this is, I mean, <clears throat> James is like, you, <laughs> you, realize when you get up to do that, that you are going to have to give an account one day. And that is terrifying to me. There's things that I deliberately like that. I am very careful or I try to be incredibly careful about how I say and how I address knowing that like, I could care less what you guys think about me out here because <laughs> you can't take my soul. Uh, somebody that can is going to judge me uh, harder than you ever will later. So, well, and I think, I think too, um, so two things. One, one, um, this is uh, this verse is non-discriminatory, right? And he continues to go through and yeah, talk about the tongue. So what? Um, one thing that you could say accurately from this is that preachers, teachers of the word, are judged on what they say, and also on what they neglect to say that they should 
from yeah. scripture. And I think that's a big problem today too. Right? There, there are things that should be talked about that should be taught that are refrained from because it might offend or it might like, which is, I mean, partly what the gospel does, right? <laughs> I mean, um, but I think secondly, um, there's, there's a reality here that I'm sure he battles with in this text uh, in the context, the people that he would be, that would be reading this, that we still battle today, right? Like it, it's, it is true that public speaking is this terrifying thing for a lot of people, right? Um, but um, we all still want to be sound smart and be respected for our opinions. And we want our opinions to be taken as facts and all of these things that, and, and, and now um, speaking publicly doesn't require addressing your fear of public speaking because you can tweet it or you can comment on yep. it or you can make a YouTube video or a podcast or, or type it in a blog. Or, there are so many ways for you to be a teacher mm -hmm. and sound smart and get your opinions out there. And that is also applicable. <laughs> what you say matters, um, not only to the people that you're communicating to, but to God clearly. Yeah. Um, so there should be weight in all yep. things that you say, because you're teaching um, whether you like it or not at some level. So this is applicable, firstly, obviously, to the teacher and preacher of the word of God, but, but this is applicable to everybody with a mouth, mm -hmm. right? I mean... Well, and then I, I guess the nice thing, but not nice thing is that he does give a bit of grace to that as he goes on. Yeah. Um, so verse two, when he's talking about for all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does yeah. not stumble in what he says, he is perfect. He's a perfect man, able to bridle his whole body. So that's it. That verse has always intrigued me because his point is like, you are going to mess up. The assumption here is that it is an accident. Like it's not purposefully. Mm -hmm. You're not being purposefully negligent. You're just, you, you've, you've, well, as the people that he's already talked to, I mean, in, in, verse, in chapter 22, like you're not purposefully doing this wrong. You're just not seeing it right. So the whole idea is that, yeah, you're going to stumble because you're not perfect. But there is this implication that if you are able to bridle your tongue, there is this amount of self-control that actually enables you, if you have self-control over your mouth, you are going to be able to have self-control over your body as well. I mean, we see this throughout scripture, right? I mean, self-control is key. What are the things that Paul tells Timothy to teach? I mean, he gives a list of things for the older women to teach the younger women. And like literally the only thing he tells the older men to teach the younger men is self-control. Like if you can figure that out, then you've, you've, you, you're on the right path. And that seems to be his grace for that here is that you're going to stumble. But the idea is to continually pursue this, this ability to have self-control over one's mouth because that then leads to self-control other places, I guess, which I think is incredibly helpful. And then he gives two, uh, two examples. Uh, James is really uh, big on examples um, to sort of bring this point out to be a bit clearer, which is the bits in the mouths of the horses and the rudder on the, um, the ships. This idea that like it's an, and this is where I think it goes back to what I was saying. This is not as if this is impossible. It is that if you control it correctly, right? You can put me on the back of a horse and have a bridle in the horse's mouth, 
that horse probably is not going to do what I know wanted to do. Cause I don't know how to operate that <laughs> put me on a ship and give me that. I'm going to give it a shot, but I don't know how to, yeah, it's going to be bad. So the rudder rudder's doing his job. I'm not doing my job. <laughs> is that like it's not a lack of the right tools being there it's your lack of understanding how to use them how to use your tongue well to do what you need to do well yeah and i think um it, so specifically to teachers right uh i mean jesus um talking with nicodemus and john chapter three right it, he is surprised at Nicodemus because he's asking these questions. And um, in verse nine, it says, Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? And Jesus answered him, are you the teacher of Israel? And yet you don't understand these things, right? Like there's an implication there that you, you should know. Um, there's, an, there's an obligation of the teacher to know what the teacher is saying, to, to speak truth, um, uh, which is objective, it's real, and we should know it as teachers. Um, I think two of um, Priscilla and Aquila, in, uh, and when they pulled uh, uh, Apollos, right? Yeah. yeah, they pulled Apollos aside and taught him a little bit more correctly, and, and the implication there is that Apollos listened, yeah. <laughs> right? And, uh, and, um, and then uh, Jesus, calls out the Sadducees, right? In um, a, the resurrection thing that, that they get into in Matthew 22, um, says, but Jesus answered them, you are wrong because you know neither the scriptures nor the power of God. I mean, that this, so there's, there's an implication in this text um, that, that, like you said, there is forgiveness as there is with any sin. That's the power of the gospel, right? That's, that's what it is. And so we always can go back and, you know, um, uh, admit, right. Confess our imperfection, confess our sin, even the ones done in ignorance, which also had to have blood offerings in Israel. Right. So we always go back and confess our sin and realize that, that yeah, I mean, I'm not this guy he's talking about. That's perfect. There's yeah. just no way. Right. Um, but there is an implied striving um, on the part of someone, um, whether teaching from a pulpit or blurting out opinions on YouTube, there is an implied uh, obligation to strive to not make those mistakes. Mm -hmm. um, and so, like, studying hard the scriptures as objectively as one can. And I know that's actually impossible as well. And then being slow to speak, right? I mean, that's, that's also a, yeah. a call to the Christian and, and there's a lot of wisdom in that. Um, something that I wrote down for this is that it's better off, um, better off to be a Christian who's agnostic about everything else than a Christian who just loves being watched and listened to. Um, and, and, uh, and, and I think that that this, this, um, because the teaching thing is really the context for the rest of this, even though there's so much of it that is, yeah. um, applicable to everything else in life. He's saying all this is true. So don't, don't like long to be a teacher unless that's a real thing and you're up for the challenge. Right. Yeah. Um, well, it's, but, I mean, like you said, it, 
so he he's going to go on next episode he's going to go on to using another he just continues his examples yeah but yeah. all of these examples are like hey this these work well the two that we have to, today these work because they're used correctly if they're not used correctly there's disaster and i mean what you said i think is something we really need to think about there's lots of people especially over the last four or five years with with twitter and the internet and all of the things where you can literally it does not require you to think before you speak so before right you had if you were going to respond to an issue if we're talking about this church specifically you would have to see what that person had said or written about that sit down contend with those words and then write a reply typically is how that would work, right? So I'm thinking like uh, Meachin's reply to Fosdick and the, I mean, the, the, mm-hmm. this well thought out, here's a book about this versus um, people that, I'll, ju- I'll just say it, I guess. So James White is somebody that I think is really smart and sometimes, and is in the past been really respectable. If you get on Twitter though, the man does not seem to think before he tweets, right? So, I mean, that's just one example. I could be wrong. James is a thousand times smarter than me. But what I've noticed on Twitter is that people that are like, you're like, you are a respectable individual. Why are you engaging in this type of dialogue online with random people that don't deserve the time of day? Like you're, you're just, you're reactionary in this regard. And James, I think his words, especially with the internet today, where you can pop out a response in five seconds and not have to sit there and think about, like, how should I really respond to this in a well thought out way? Like what I respect a lot, there's a guy, um, his name is Samuel. It's called Slow, his, his website, I think is Slow to Write. And what he does, the whole- Samuel Say. Uh, yeah, Samuel Say. Yeah. And- the whole point is like, I'm not going to react. Well, most of the time he doesn't reactionary respond. The point is what's the issue, sit down and then let's write out a response to this in a non-reactionary way. And honestly, I respect a lot of what he does because of that. It's not like, Hey, 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 all the time responding. It's, it's okay. Here's the issue. Here's a well thought out reply to that. And I think this is what James, a good example of what James is saying here is like, look, like if you can't control your mouth, <laughs> there's a whole list of things that are problematic after that. And for the teacher specifically to understand, yeah, you've got a lot of people following you. So are you speaking because you want more clout and you want people to applaud you and retweet you? Or are mm-hmm. you speaking for edification knowing that even those tweets, like, gosh, that should terrify people. You're going to stand before God and he's going to be like, yo, all right. So on 10, 12, you <laughs> like, you're going to have to be, I mean, yeah. you, you, do you think this only applies to the words you say? Like one of the reasons to go back to the meme page, one of the reasons my memes have such a specific kind of goal in mind is that literally someone four years, four or five years ago sent me a message and said, don't you know that like, you're going to say before God and give an account for these. And I'm like, well, holy crap, he's right. Like, I, like I'm going to have to respond to what I'm putting out here. And mm-hmm. so we have to be cognizant of that. 
Like, it's not just the words I say that guys going to be like, yo, that was a little off. It's going to be the tweet you did at two in the morning when you were hangry. Like, maybe you should not have done that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, this, this whole thing, I think, um, I, I even think about, um, so one of the stories from church history, right, um, is this um, idea that Spurgeon, that's Charles Spurgeon, for those of you who are rookies at this whole Christian thing. Uh, anyway, good to know him. Uh, but Charles Spurgeon would go up. So he had one of those so uh, pulpits. A lot of them in the old churches had these spiral staircases that went up and it wasn't actually a pulpit. It was more like a, a balcony that you, you know, for auditory purposes and yeah, yeah whatever. No right? microphones. There was, there's no sound system. Right. Yeah. So anyway, as, as he would, as he would walk up those stairs into his pulpit, um, he would, under his breath be saying, I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Because he, he understood this text. Yeah. Right? That whatever pops out of my mouth better be right, you know, or, or God better just show me grace and shut it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and please, I, Lord, make these people forget any dumb things I say today. <laughs> I actually pray um, from the pulpit a lot. Uh, mm before I get into a sermon that God would shut my mouth and speak through his word or that uh, he would move me out of the way and my mistakes and my opinions. And that this would just be but because of that, because like, I, I even need them to understand that, like, look, you, you need to make sure I'm right. Yes. Like, yeah, just cause I say this does not mean it's gospel. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You, you need to make sure that the things that I say in this sermon that aren't verbatim quotes of scripture, you need to make sure that I'm right about the other stuff that I say. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not, then you need to talk to me about it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like I, because, because I take this seriously too. And, and we all should, I think that it's easy though, like we've been talking about to take it seriously when we're talking about pulpit work and to forget about it when we're talking about what, what do I say to my kids? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because that's teaching them. Right. So even the things that I say in anger or frustration or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, so your children, your spouse, um, your whatever, your, what you say to your spouse while you're in public mm -hmm. or while you're well, around other couples that, that are younger. You're teaching te teachers and teachers specifically. I think that's important because how many stories have you heard of preachers, kids that absolutely hate the church because of how their, their parents treated them outside of the pulpit. Like, yeah, you can put on a real great show and do very eloquent sermon and then go call them an idiot. <clears throat> and that's, that's like you said, that is equally as teaching as anything else you're going to do and a lot longer lasting than that. So, yeah. Yep. So anyway, so, um, any last words on this before we end this one? And then, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily think so. I, I'm, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Study, study hard if you're going to talk. Yeah. And I think that that's probably, yeah, exactly. If you're going to teach anything, uh, Sunday school class, children's church, if you're going to do it from the pulpit, if you're leading a discipleship group, I think this is something you really need to think about. Um, and not let it overwhelm you to the point of fear, but let it give you a nice reverent 
holy cow in your heart that says, I need to, I need to put more prep into this than five minutes. <laughs> like I need to think about this. And if um, this, this entire bit here, specifically the first couple of verses that narrow it down to, to teachers, right? Um, that, that is something that we, uh, it, it implies, this is, this is a, a better way to say it. This implies that objective truth is a reality, mm, yeah. right? That, that there is a right thing for you to say and a wrong thing for you to say. Not just the way you say it, even though that's included, but there's truth and there's untruth. And um, the, the plumb line, the truth that James would agree with, that every, all these writers would agree with is the scriptures, the word of God. That's objective truth, period, flat out. So the moral of that story is if you're not there, right? If, if you're um, a, a baby Christian or a struggling Christian who doesn't um, yet, hasn't come to grips with the, the fact that this is the infallible, inerrant word of God, that this is God's spoke, this is what God says to the world, um, then don't teach, which would include probably all the progressives that might hear this. So enjoy that. I always like dropping a little bomb right at the end there. Uh, we'll talk to you next week if you're still here. <laughs> Bye.